Hi, everyone. I'm Sheriff Scott Rose, and this is a special edition of the Officer Down Memorial Podcast. In this episode, I get the honor of talking about the Officer Down Memorial Podcast with the Randy Sutton. Randy's police career spanned three decades when he retired as a field lieutenant with the Las Vegas Metropolitan Police Department. Now, to this day, he remains recognized as one of the most highly decorated officers in department history, with numerous awards for life-saving, exemplary service, and valor. Randy's also one of America's best-known officers, having been featured on the popular reality TV show Cops, also on America's Most Wanted, and roles in films such as Casino, Fools Rush In, and Miss Congeniality 2. He's also a regular commentator on many television networks and cable news networks, and he's a regular panelist on the television show Fired Up. Randy is also a critically acclaimed author, having written four books, True Blue, Police Stories by Those Who've Lived Them, A Cop's Life, True Blue to Protect and Serve, and then The Power of Legacy. He's also written extensively on the topics of ethics, integrity, and leadership for national magazines. Randy's also the creator of the poweroflegacy.com, which is a website dedicated to encourage the principles of honor, integrity, compassion, and kindness, subjects which he speaks about passionately to law enforcement and civic business organizations across the country. He's also founder and president of Celebrating Legacy, which is a company where memories live forever, providing their members the ability to celebrate lives in the present, honor lives from the past, and share family history for the future. And finally, Randy is a subscriber and a fan of the Officer Down Memorial podcast, so I am so proud of that and, and truly appreciate his support with this project. So let's get into it. Here's my interview with Randy Sutton. With me today in the interview room of Blue Lives Radio, the voice of law enforcement, is a man on a mission. He is the sheriff of Dodge County in Minnesota. His name is Scott Rose, but he does much more than just be the sheriff. He also has an amazing podcast that, um, that, that memorializes the men and women of law enforcement who have made the ultimate sacrifice. Scott, thanks so much for being on Blue Lives Radio, the voice of American law enforcement here on the America Out Loud Network. Randy, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Okay, so let's first of all, let's talk about your police career and your career prior to becoming a cop, and then we'll get into um, a little bit more about what you do. Yep, absolutely. Um, law enforcement's a second career for me. Prior to law enforcement, I went to broadcasting school in Arizona. I grew up in Minnesota in the, in the county that I work in now. And I went to broadcasting school in Arizona and worked in radio stations in Nebraska, Kansas, back to Nebraska. Then I came back to Rochester, Minnesota and worked at a, a radio station or a group of radio stations here in uh, Southeast Minnesota. And then long story short, I ended up uh, going into law enforcement. My, my father was in law enforcement. Uh, so I, I grew up around cops and, and uh, there I, I followed a calling and uh, I, it ended up being a second career for me. When did you begin your law enforcement career? I start, so in 96, I got involved on the Dodge County Sheriff's Posse, which is a, a volunteer group that, that helps with patrol, that helps with the events, um, searches, et cetera, and, and uh, got involved with them only at the time because I had horses and we did everything on horseback back then. And, 
honestly, and that was my, my dad was a deputy and he said, you know, you, you, you do, you do horse stuff. You want to do more horse stuff. You, you got good horses. Why don't you do something on the posse? I thought, well, that's something different. Why not? All right. So, so wait, I just got to, I got to, I got to, I can't help it. I have to. So you're the, you're, you're, you're in Dodge County and yes. you're, and you're riding and you're riding horses as a cop. Yes. It, it conjures up such great. <laughs> great imagery but okay go ahead Scott. so so with the back then with the with the volunteer posse we did things on horseback so we did parades we did uh you know uh, security for the fair and security for rodeos and stuff like that everything was done on horseback and uh and there are still many mounted posses uh with different sheriff's offices here in minnesota we don't have one anymore everything they've gone to atvs and and uh rangers and and whatnot now but um back then it was horses and one of the things that we had to do in order to maintain our, our membership with, uh, uh, the posse is you had to do a ride along once a year in patrol. And as I, once I started doing ride alongs, I got, I, re, I got hooked on it. I love the, uh, I love the night work. I love the camaraderie with the officers. Um, I, as cliche as it sounds, I love the aspect of being out there to help people, being there for people. And it, it really made me kind of shift gears and, and, and look at law enforcement more closely. And, uh, I ended up going back to school and, uh, I, I initially got my part-time license, started working in this area as a, as a part-time officer. I went back to college in Minnesota. You have to have a, a law enforcement degree in order to be a cop here. So I, I ended up going back to college and, uh, I ended up getting hired at the sheriff's office where I grew up and, uh, where my dad worked and, and, uh, I worked my way up from there. I started in dispatch as a dispatcher in, uh, 2000. And then, uh, I was, I was also working on the road part-time and I started full-time on the road in 2002. Okay. So you spent, you, so you did your career, um, as, as a, as a deputy and yep. then you ran for sheriff and you've been sheriff for how long? Uh, this is my sixth. I just finished my sixth year. This is I'm halfway through my second term. Great. And, okay. And, uh, so, all right. So you've been, you, you've been, in all the different positions in law enforcement, you were a radio before, because I mean, anybody that listens to your voice on the show is going to say that guy ought to have a radio show. <laughs> well, well, it's, it seems that you do. So right. let's talk about, you got involved with the uh, paying homage, if you will, um, and getting involved in memorial aspects of you know, law enforcement memorial aspects in your state. Talk about that for a little bit, and then let's segue from that into uh, into what uh, the the idea that you came up with. Sure, reference um, the podcast. So I I got in in 2013. Um, we were preparing for a 2014 campaign race for sheriff here in Dodge County, and uh, I had a, a one of my best friends from work who uh, was my captain at the time. He was third in command here. And he was going to run for sheriff and, uh, I, I was going to fully support him. I had a media background and a radio background in addition to law enforcement. So I felt I could really help from a marketing standpoint and we were getting things ready. And, um, he had planned on announcing in, uh, we, uh, we, we would have probably announced in January of 2014. Uh, but in, uh, in the fall of 2013, we lost him to a massive heart attack. He was 43 years old. And, um, it left our office reeling and 40, 43 years old had a heart attack. 
So I, uh, as I was one of the investigators, so, so it ended up being my case and, um, talking to the coroner, the coroner explained to me that part of his, uh, part of the reason he passed was because of an acutely enlarged heart. And he said, uh, it was an acutely enlarged heart due to acute daily stress. And that daily stress, knowing he, he and his wife, the daily stress wasn't at home. The daily stress was, was uh, at, at work. He was always at odds with administration. Um, he had different beliefs on, on the direction we should go than administration. And he always felt like he had to protect the staff, protect his deputies, protect his dispatchers from administration. Uh, even though, honestly, he was administration. He was third in command. And, uh, and uh, that stress was more, than, was more than he could take. And the night that we all responded there and, um, and uh, they called it, they called it, uh, we had the helicopter landed. We thought we were going to fly him to, to St. Mary's Hospital in Rochester. When they called it, I was lost. I thought, well, I don't know what to do. And uh, my, my first thought was to call the sheriff from Olmstead County, Sheriff Kevin Torgerson, who's in, who's, uh, his office is in Rochester, just 15 miles east of us because I knew he was on the law enforcement Memorial association board. And I just called Kevin. I said, I need help. I don't know what to do. I've never been in this situation before. And I don't know, I don't know how to handle it. And, uh, I watched the, the Minnesota law enforcement Memorial association step up and, uh, they, they did such an incredible job with, with Loring's family, um, uh, with the, with the service, with the ceremony to, to honor him to honor, to honor our, our deputies and to honor the first responders. And, and, uh, it was just, it was, it, it was just an amazing experience, uh, just seeing the work that they did for this, for this fallen officer. We fought with the state. We were able to get a line of duty death determination for him, uh, because of the, uh, because of the acute stress factor. And, um, I felt compelled to get involved with the, the Memorial Association because I'd never I, I'd been around cops and, and that kind of camaraderie, but I've, I'd never been around people who cared so much about these fallen officers and their families. And, and, uh, I was just taken aback by that. So I got involved in the board and I've been on the board. I'm in my second term with the board there. Also work on the board, uh, for the, uh, law enforcement Memorial foundation of Southeast Minnesota. And, um, and that kind of brought me to the project that we're talking about today. Fantastic. So, I mean, it's a great, it's, it's a very moving story. I mean, I can't, well, unfortunately I, I've, I've had the experience of losing, you know, friends and comrades in the line of duty over my career as well. But the, uh, the reality is that that, that death of that captain, your friend also created the environment for you to run for sheriff. It did, you know, it, it, you know, and it did a couple of things. One, it, it taught me, boy, it taught me a lot about this line of work and how, how quickly things can change. But, it, but in addition to that, it also taught me the importance of, uh, as an administrator, making sure we are, we are creating a work environment for our deputies. That's, that's, uh, that's supportive and safe and, and, uh, an environment where it's okay not to be okay. And to talk out issues and concerns and, and, uh, and I learned a lot. Captain Loring Gunther was his name. And I learned so much from him. I actually, I still do today. He, he was, uh, he had quite an impact on my life and my career. You know, that's one of the things that, uh, leadership 
of organizations. I wish they would think more about their legacies and think more about the impact that being a law enforcement leader, whether that leader is at the top of the food chain or even at the, just the supervisory sergeant's level, it, it can have a dramatic impact on the lives of those who work under you and with you. And that legacy type of environment or that legacy type of, of philosophy uh, can mean so much. I just wish it was a little more cognizant. Wish, I wish law enforcement leaders were a little more cognizant of it. Clearly you are. Well, you know, I think the, the way I look at it um, is, is if, if we make sure we're taking care of our, our cops, we're taking care of the men and women who are out there every day and every night doing this. Um, if we know they're mentally okay, um, and, and we show some, some empathy and some understanding and some openness and being able to talk about, you know, if they're not okay and, and, and that it's okay to not be okay, then they in turn are going to go out and they're going to, that's how they're going to treat the public. You know, that's how they're going to handle each call. That's how, you know, they're going to, they're going to put empathy into those calls. They're going to, they're going to think in, uh, on this domestic or on a child abuse case or whatever, they're going to think, you know, how would I want to be treated here? How, um, you know, it's going to be a multi-dimensional uh, approach versus um, I'm, I'm taking the report, writing down the report, turning it into investigations. Now I'm going to the next call. I don't right. know. I don't want it to be that way here. Understood. Understood. I, and I, I, I really am heartened to hear your philosophical approach to, to leadership. You created a podcast, the Officer Down Memorial Podcast. I uh, was fortunate enough to listen to one of the episodes, and I was really, I was really impressed by a, a lot of different things. One is the quality of the podcast. You're you're clearly a very professional, polished uh, speaker when it comes down to um, you know creating the the production quality of the, of the podcast, but even more important is the philosophical approach you bring to it. Why did you create this podcast? So the idea came up in uh, October of November of last year. And I was looking at uh, what can I do different? How could I help more uh, with these, with these fallen officers, with the, with the, the survivor families, um, and, and, and how do we tell the story? I, I was always, it's, it's always disappointing to me to look on a memorial website for a state and to see just a, you know, a one or two line, uh, narrative on what happened to this officer, because it doesn't really tell you much. Um, and, and, and I, and I get why it's like that, but I thought there's gotta be a way where we can, we can tell these stories and we can keep these memories alive. And the idea of the podcast came up where, my thinking on the podcast is I will, I'll, I'll utilize the podcast and I'll, I'll set the era. I'll set the time, uh, put you back in that timeline. I'm going to, I'm going to give you an opportunity to learn about that agency and to learn about this officer and to learn about the kind of person he is. And then I'm going to walk you through what happened and I'm going to let you experience what happened and let you experience the loss of that officer. And the, the, the reason for that in my mind was to, to make sure that people understand that one cops are, cops are human. Cops make mistakes. Um, 
you know, we're not robots out there doing our job, uh, you know, day and night We're we we're human. And, uh, the, the, the majority of the people, 99% of the people who do this job are, are amazing, amazing people. And every one of these stories shows that, and it, 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 sh- it tells the whole story. So what I do on these, uh, on these more, on the more recent cases where there are reports available, uh, I'll, I'll utilize, I'll take all the reports. I'll go through all the reports of the case. I will, uh, interview and incorporate audio from uh, some of the officers who were involved in the case or, or, or who were friends with the fallen. And then I will go through it with the family and I'll work with the family to, to tell their side of the story too. And, and the goal is uh, to honor these fallen heroes. It's to remember their service, to always remind, to remind us that we always need to support these families that they leave behind. And, and, and all, we need to, re, we need to continually support these families, not just at the funeral, not just at the memorial or a week or two later. Um, you know, the worst part for them is when everything goes quiet, when the phone goes quiet. And, um, one of them told me just recently this last week is uh, that silence can often re-victimize. Yes. Yeah. I, um, I, I fully I understand that. that. Um, you know, we got to support the families and, and when we got to make sure that we don't forget the, the, the service and the sacrifice these officers made. So the idea of the podcast was to put that story together in a, in a storytelling uh, audio podcast, um, put you back in that era, put you back in that time, share the story and, and uh, you know, make sure that, uh, that, uh, that man, man or woman, whoever the officer was that, uh, that was taken is never forgotten. I loved the way you used sound effects in the in your in your broadcast, I, it literally brought me back. Now, now, of course, I didn't experience this myself, but the 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 golden age of radio, when that you know before there was television, there the radio was the entertainment. Absolutely, and the golden age of radio, what your podcast does was so reminiscent to me of that type of entertainment quality and i don't know if you did that on purpose or not but that was what it that's what i felt when i was listening to you i was fully engaged in your storytelling and 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 part of it was because you i mean i heard the horses it it was amazing i was i was really really blown away by the quality of your broadcast and and you used all of the production capabilities uh, to bring this story in a, into such a compelling, in such a compelling way. So I, I just have to, I have to congratulate you on, on the, the, uh, the quality of your broadcast. So how many episodes have you done now? So we have, we have five online now. I think we've got 15 completed. Um, we just did a podcast for Itasca County up in uh, Northern Minnesota, helping them on a, a parole hearing for the, the guy that killed deputy Robert Lawson up there. Uh, we utilized that podcast to help educate the public because it was back in the eighties when, when uh, Robert was killed and, and that podcast helped them generate somewhere between four and 500 letters to the state. Oh, fantastic. And, uh, he was, uh, he was given another 10 years or they added another 10 years to his, uh, his, um, his sentence. I've got uh, St. Paul PD. I'm working on uh, 
one with the, I just talked with their chief this last week, we're going to work on one. There's a parole hearing coming up for them in April. So that's kind of a different aspect of, of the, the Memorial podcast. So if you listen to the Robert Lawson story, um, that one's considerably longer than most of them are around 40 minutes long, 40 minutes to an hour. Um, some of them less, uh, you know, depending on how long ago the, the story was. Um, but with the Lawson one, it's an hour and 40 minutes, but the, the story is incredible. And, uh, um, there's, they, even though it was, this happened back in the eighties, they, they still had radio traffic. They had the, the telephone traffic from the negotiating with, uh, Robert's killer to try and get him to, to give up. He there was an 18 hour standoff involved in that one. And, um, it's really a, that one's, that's, that one's an incredible story and such a great, such a great family, um, that I worked with, 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 uh, on that, on that story, as well as the, the folks from Itasca County. And, and that's one that, 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 that's a story where I learned, I learned that there were so many unintended benefits to the surviving families in, in being involved in this project that I, that I had never thought would happen. Um, if I, if you, if I could share that with you, it's absolutely, it's super interesting. So in working with the Memorial board, my, obviously my biggest concern is always, uh, on the surviving family. And, and you, you want to make sure that everything that you do, events that we do throughout the year for the families, you know, you, it's always first and foremost in your mind that you want to make sure you're not re-victimizing these families. So that was my biggest fear while I was, while I was interested and excited about the podcast and I, and I felt I could really produce um, a story that would be meaningful. I was extremely fearful that they would get re-victimized by, by telling the story. And what I've found after working with several families right now is, is quite the opposite. Um, a common theme among these families has been that, especially with uh, the uh, younger, whether it's kids of the fallen or grandkids of the fallen, they've said, they've told me that it was talking about grandpa, talking about grandpa's story was kind of taboo in their family. It's just not, something they did. You just didn't talk about it. Um, and, uh, many reasons for that, uh, everybody grieves in a different way. And some of these older cases there, 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 frankly, there wasn't much for support from their agencies either. Uh, so that that's a frustration and a hurt that just doesn't go away. And, uh, I had with the Lawson family, they had so many unintended benefits there, uh, his uh, Robert's oldest son, Bobby, who I've become, I feel like I'm great friends with now after, uh, sharing this experience with him. Um, you know, he, he shared with me the fact that, uh, you know, there, there was just a lot of unworked out issues that he had uh, about his dad's murder that, that, uh, he was able to work through. He said it was cathartic or therapeutic to, to actually talk about it and, and work through the story. Now, Every, nearly every family I've worked with has also told me that they've learned something on the podcast about the incident or about their phone that they didn't know, which I thought was kind of interesting. Well, at the time, you know, when it happens, the last thing that these families want to do is read anything about what happened to grandpa or dad or your husband or wife or whatever. Sure. Um, sure. So, and, and, and uh, in cases like this, you're going to block a lot of that out mentally just to survive that trauma. And the, I had one, one podcast where the daughter of uh, this fallen officer was nine when he was killed. 
And uh, she's retired now, uh, retired professional, yet still can't talk about him, still has not gone to the memorials, um, just clams up when you, when just, she just closes down when you say anything about him. And um, I put together the story. I put together a story and I, I didn't know whether she'd listen to it or not. She was, she was supportive of it and recognized the benefit of it for, for fellow officers in the public. Uh, but I, I wasn't sure that she'd listen. And once it was completed and she listened to it in, in tears, um, recontacted me and, uh, and, and thanked me for, for sharing his story, thanked me for, um, you know, putting it together and honoring him. And, and we're now talking about dad again. And we're talking about what happened. And, and that's something that hasn't happened in, in that family for decades. Well, that's, um, that's amazing. That's amazing. It's pretty now, cool. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's more than cool, but uh, so everything that you've done has been involving officers in Minnesota is, are you planning on just doing officers who were killed because that's your, your state, or are you going to expand this to other, uh, other officers who've been killed in the line of duty? Nope. So actually, so I've, uh, of course I started with, with officers in Minnesota because that's where I am and that's where my career has been. Um, and I, we're now going to be doing Omaha police departments, 26 fallen officers. I just started working on those. Now I'm on their second one now. And I also have a, I also have an agency in Wisconsin who's got a parole hearing coming up and I'm going to work with that sheriff to share that deputy story and, and to help that was a, I believe he was killed in the late seventies, late seventies or early eighties. So a lot of the folks that are in that community now don't remember, don't remember what happened. And sure. he's concerned about, uh, uh, the parole hearing. And, uh, in Minnesota, the law changed in, I believe it was 94, 93, or 94, the law changed to where if you're convicted of killing a police officer, you're it's life without the possibility for parole. So any, any convictions prior to that, uh, they start getting parole hearings um, through the state. They call them life hearings now, uh, but um, that's that's part of the goal with the podcast too. Is to if we can help, if we can help those agencies and those families educate the public to voice their opinion with their state representatives or their state Department of Corrections to uh, keep these offenders in prison where they belong. Uh, we'll do everything we can to help. So. Um, not just Minnesota, uh, right now, Minnesota, uh, Nebraska and now Wisconsin. Uh, and, um, you know, we're open to, uh, we just want to, we want, we want to help tell, share these stories. We, we, I didn't, I had no idea the benefit that these families were going to have to it. And it so motivates me just to keep going and, and, uh, to keep going and help, you know, it's it, the, the, the other, uh, the other thing that we're seeing with these cases is the officers who are involved, um, now reconnecting after, after years, of course, most right. of them are retired now and, and, uh, they've reconnected, um, or, or, or family members, family members who became estranged when the incident happened because of how awkward it was to talk with the surviving family. Sure. And, and they just never reconnected. Now they've heard the whole story and everybody's talking about it and they're, they're getting together again. How long does it, I mean, how long does it take for you to put one of these uh, to do the research, do the interviews. There's a, there's a lot of work involved in this. There's a what lot is, of work. What is your, what is your, your, your time 
constraints here? I mean, what is the the, the time utilized um, actuality? How's it long, how long does it take to put one of those shows together? So the longest the longest show that we've done so far is the Robert Lawson show, or Robert Beefy Lawson. His nickname was Beefy. And uh, they actually put their nicknames in the phone book in Itasca County back in those days. So you could look him up as Beefy Lawson in the phone book. <laughs> anyway. Uh, um, I'm not sure so, I would want my nickname. No, no, mine, mine neither. I am not appropriate. Um, but the, that, so that one's an hour and 40 minutes. And uh, the, I've probably got, I probably had 90 hours into that one. Wow. Between the, uh, there are a ton of research time that there's, there's more research time than, than anything. Um, because especially on, in these bigger cases where you have multiple because I'm taking every report and I'm, I'm going through every report that is on, that is available on that case. And I'm piecing that story together, making sure it's factual based on all those reports. It's a good, it's a good thing. You've got an investigative background. Exactly. So it's, so that part is kind of, that, that makes it fun for me. I mean, I enjoy that aspect of it. I also love history. So I love being able to incorporate the, some of the sound bites and the era, the era pieces in the beginning of these shows that, that kind of set the stage for where we're at. And, uh, it's, it's, it's been an amazing journey. I it's, it's quickly become probably one of the most important projects I've ever done. I can, and I can absolutely understand why. So how can people listen to these podcasts? How do so, they find them? So uh, we're on, uh, we're at officerdownmemorialpodcast.com. Um, or if, if you're, if you're already a podcast listener and you have a podcast app that you like, it's out on most of the apps on Google, on Apple, on Spotify. Um, so go to the app, uh, click subscribe. And uh, right now we're doing about every other Friday at, at some point here soon, it'll end up being every week. And then there'll be a double up weeks too, depending on, depending on the officers that we're covering. And, um, and then uh, we're on all social media, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and Twitter. So, uh, you know, follow us there and, uh, and uh, we'll, we'll share the stories and make sure these officers are never forgotten. So your Facebook is Officer Down Memorial Podcast? Yep, correct. Every one of them is the same. Everything's the same, yeah. Same. Yep. Fantastic. I, 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 I urge my listeners, uh, th- I mean, first of all, thanks for listening to my podcast, but you've got to hear this. It's, uh, it's, it's moving, it's entertaining, it's important. So go to OfficerDownMemorialPodcast.com. Take a look at that. Support uh, Sheriff uh, Scott Rose. He is doing amazing work. Still an active sheriff, as well as uh, touching the lives of families of the fallen and uh, and law enforcement officers all over the country. Scott, thanks so much for taking the time to be on Blue Lives Radio, the voice of American law enforcement, and talking about this amazing project of yours. It was such an honor to be on Randy's show. So a big thank you to Randy Sutton and Blue Lives Radio for having us on the show and supporting the Officer Down Memorial podcast. We really appreciate it. Hey, make sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Instagram. You can also subscribe to us on all your favorite podcast apps or subscribe by email on our website at www.officerdownmemorialpodcast.com. Until next time, thanks everyone for listening. I'm Sheriff Scott Rose. This is the Officer Down Memorial Podcast.